Jason Lee Podcast. Yo, what up? We're back for another episode of the Jason Lee Podcast. Thank you to everybody out there sharing uh, the link to this because we can't grow if you don't want to support it. And we do know that we do this for you. I do this for you. And I appreciate all of you showing up. This is the show as part of the Jason Lee Experience where I tell you what I think about all the hottest topics and then my bullpen weighs in with me. Uh, those of you I have been commenting, I'm reading the comments. I'm not obsessed with the comments because I'm not doing it for the comments. Whether you like or love it, don't matter. But as long as you keep showing up and talking shit, I do. All right, look, uh, we got a lot to get into this episode of the Jason Lee Podcast. Again, the Jason Lee Show at Revolt is where all the cappuccino is sipped. But if you looked at the Sukiana interview this week, the lines of, of cappuccino and tea are getting blurred. Uh, I'm getting a little off brand, but we're doing the best we can. But if you look over there at the Jason Lee Show, that's where we're having conversations and playing fun, messy games. Over here, I'm giving you my opinion on everything related to culture, pop culture, and politics, and all the fuck shit that your favorite person is doing that they're going to blame me once I tell you about it. All right? All right. Well, uh, this past week, what have I been doing? I, uh, you know, as you all know, Floyd Mayweather's assistant, who's a good friend of mine, good friend of Hollywood Unlocked, um, part of uh, a big support system over here, passed away about a month ago. My father died about a month ago, and then she died right after. But I've been struggling with grief. You know, I have my own issues with mortality. The fact of the matter is that time is not always on your side. And there have been so many young people dying, whether it be from COVID, suicide, guns, fight. Like there's just so much happening that I won't lie. When COVID happened, I fell into a depression dealing with Facebook. Facebook was like a cemetery. Every day I went there, somebody died, died, died. And then there was the whole thing of whether or not you should get the vaccination. And for a long time, I had a fake vaccine card. <clears throat> because I thought the government was trying to kill us. Um, and then I ended up going to get vaccinated because I had to go on Wild and Out. MTV required it. And then I got to MTV and they didn't even look for it, which I was mad. So if anything does happen related to COVID, I'm blaming Viacom CBS. But no, I mean, there's so many people dying, so many young people dying. And I'm an emotional, I'm in a person that's uh, I, um, energy, an energy person. And so every time I look on Hollywood Unlocked, I was posting nine-year-old shot and killed, this person dies, this person parent killed all their kids or this school was shot up i mean it's literally just too much and then on top of that my dad died and then on top of that my friend died so this past week i told myself staying consistent with what i believe in that i'm not going to grieve anything past three weeks i always say i'm not going to mourn anything past three weeks because i have staff that depend on me my fans my show what i've built my dreams my brand everything my dogs everything in my life is determined on me pulling through it and i will say that on the exact third week, the day of the third week, I started to feel a lot better. And I remember telling myself, you got to push through this. You got to find yourself again and you have to uh, be able to be OK. I think the thing that bothered me the most I want to talk about for those of you that are watching, because I'm sure a lot of you are grieving. Family members have passed. Friends have died. You know, just Facebook friends, people randomly was that two things happened. One, what I learned in my dad's death was that so many people wanted to participate in my perceived grieving because somehow it validated their relationship with me. They didn't really care about me. They never asked about my dad before. They didn't know my dad. They don't, they didn't really care. And so I saw that and I felt it immediately and I started, and they started projecting on me how I should feel. And I didn't feel anything from his death and that's no shade. It's just, I had closure. I wasn't mad at him. I didn't hate him. I had love for him as a father who brought me in the world, but I let it go a long time ago. And so when he died, it's just, the, the relationship was already dead to me. So it's just his body left earth, you know? So I didn't really feel that. But when Kichi died, somebody I had just talked to a couple of days before, she had just posted her last post on social media was how she was grateful that I took the time to check on her. 
the fact that we were texting and one of our last messages said this when we were talking about my dad's death, literally one of the last few text messages to her, I said to her, this is a this is a road we all will walk. And she did an exclamation point. She didn't know she was going to die two days later. What bothered me about that death was this is somebody who actually introduced me to Floyd Mayweather because she knew I had dreams and she knew he needed a friend at the time. He was going through stuff with Miss Jackson to be there. She put us together. And one of my earliest memories, she uh, when I got to his house and I wrote, wrote about this in my book, God Must Have Forgotten About Me, he said, hi, I'm Floyd Mayweather. And, well, who are you? I said, I'm Jay Saline. and I'm gay. And he was like, what? Like, I don't know no gay people. I said, no, nigga, you know some gay people. And me and her and him, we grabbed hands, the three of us. We ran outside, and we, he was laughing hysterically. And I remember we started talking, and we were we were so caught up in the craziness of our chemistry that Kichi was just kind of standing there, and she looked at me, and she goes, I don't need to be here. Y'all got this. And she left us. But what she did was she continuously pushed us to be friends. She pushed us to become closer. And he became a mentor of mine and a brother of mine. And she played an instrumental part of that. When I told her I wanted to interview Mariah Carey, she, I, me and Rob, we flew into Aruba. As soon as we got to the table, she says, I'm going to call Mariah. She FaceTimes Mariah Carey. She then puts us in a group text together. I then build a relationship with Mariah Carey, who came to my award show. When we were in Miami, and I said, oh, my God, I love the weekend. We're at our hotel. We're playing the weekend. She's like, he has a party this weekend. If you want to go, I'm like, he's going to put me out. There's no way. Like, I get kicked out of parties now because Drake, you know, you can't, you know, y'all had me kicked out of Drake's party. <laughs> that was Tristan Thompson, his bitch ass. But anyway, uh, I said, oh, he's going to keep me out. So we go to the weekend's party, and the weekend sees me, and he walks over. He's like, Jason Lee, I'm a fan of yours. And then she built, and then we exchanged numbers, and we became friends. And then now when I'm on The Breakfast Club, he will see it and text me, oh, you did a great job, or he'll like stuff to show me his support. And The weekend is a very private person. And so... You know, this past three weeks has been hard, not just because of my own grieving, my own issues with mortality, but it was the fact that I hadn't set boundaries with people. People who I've shown a lot of love for didn't show up for me, so I had to cut those people off. And then when I'm talking to the Mariahs or the Weekends or the Gail Kings or the people that Kichi personally touched, uh, they're grieving. And then to see Floyd be so emotional uh, and grieving and the entire team that she's introduced me to, you know, the money team is lots of lots of people it's floyd's kids it's you know the housekeepers it's the drivers it's the pilots it's everybody you know um to be around all that sadness i hadn't been around that sadness in a long time that that level of sadness where everybody in your world is sad about a person leaving too soon she was 49 i'm 45 so you start to think about how many more birthdays you have and then i think the thing that bothered me the most two things the world is fake as fuck. To watch how many people posted how much they loved her when I know she died feeling not valued. Um, to see how many people try to act like they were her friend when I know she didn't feel like you liked her. Uh, to see how many people want to check on Floyd through me because you can't get to him when really you know Floyd is not checking for you. Um, and you just want to feel the temperature of people's pain. Um, the fact that her family had a private funeral without telling anybody. Uh, just to me, the whole way that she's been dishonored in her death to me was very, very, very telling for many reasons. One, I know I was a good friend of her. So many people reached out to me saying that their last conversations with her were about me, how proud she was of Hollywood Unlocked, how she was looking forward to the award show. My team, who she would DM out the blue, my assistant, she would give advice to. Uh, you know, when me and friends would fall out, she would still make sure that they were in the fold, Lee. Um, but you know, she was just a special person. And this is what I will say, because I am going to speak at her, at her memorial this Saturday. The biggest thing that 
irritated us all about her was her obsession with Floyd. Was her obsession with Floyd, was her obsession to always want to be around Floyd, was her obsession to always be in Floyd's business. That was what bothered us the most. That's what bothered Floyd the most. But when you think about God and you think about God's protection and the way that he sends his angels to watch over you, you think about how Kichi's every day of her life was dedicated to making sure this man's energy was positive, that his surroundings were positive, that the people around him were there for good reasons, that she was connected to everything that was in his world. And I think about that, and I told Floyd recently on a plane that I believe she was his angel. And, and when God is working in your life and he's putting angels around you to protect you, the devil shows up and does his job. And that's when you start to feel that angst to get God away from you. And I don't know why God took Kichi this soon, but what I will say is that if she left anything on this earth for us all to see is just be good to people, um, take time to check in on people, um, you know, it doesn't cost anything to give someone good advice or a good word. And I'm learning that, too, because sometimes I'm so focused on my journey that that's all I see in front of me. Uh, but, you know, I also realize that life is short. And sometimes that last conversation you have with somebody will be the last thing that you have to live with and the last thing that they live with. I have no doubts that I was a good friend to her. But I wanted to share all this and didn't know I was going to share all this until I started talking. Because I see so many people hurt online, losing their children, losing their family members, losing just just losing life that I want people to know that it's going to take you to play an active role in your healing. I have literally had my therapist talk to me. There was a day I couldn't even do therapy because I couldn't stop thinking about it. But I told myself the other day, you've been through more. You've been through worse. And what would she have wanted you to do? She would have wanted you to go be a part of this memorial, make sure it was fabulous, make sure that you were dressed fabulous, make sure that Floyd's okay, which I've done every day, but also just to continue to build this thing that she believed in. Uh, I wanted Hollywood Unlocked to be pink and white when I, um, you can't start crying because I'm gonna get emotional. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I wanted Hollywood Unlocked to be pink and white because I wanted it to connect with women. I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna connect with girls, you know, they like pink, girls don't like blue. I don't know, it's with baby pink. Uh, so she was like, uh-uh. I, I brought her a blue packet and a and a, a pink packet. She said, definitely the blue, because guys ain't going to want to go to that. So I went and got the blue packet. So, you know, she was instrumental in, in many ways, but just a really good person. And, um, you know, death is a walk that we all will take. And, you know, uh, make sure you have your shit buttoned up. Make sure you know what your plans are. Because when you come to my funeral, we're going to have a choir. We're going to have singers. We're going to have, you're going to be categorized by fashion brands. Um, all the queens got to sit in the back. So, Sean, if you got your fan, you got to be back there because you're not going to click that thing next to my family. My family <laughs> gangsters. They may think it's a gun or something. Mm -hmm. Shoot everything up, you know. <laughs> but no, life is life is short, people. Be good to each other. And um, and look, love on your friends. Love on your friends. To the friends that weren't there for me, I thank you. I thank you for showing me who you were. Because sometimes we get caught up in life and we get caught up in our day-to-day -day tasks that we don't take stock of who's really there for us. And it wasn't until I, I went through this that I was able to see the importance of boundary setting. I thought I had boundaries before, but baby, my boundaries got barbed wire fences, electrocution notices, and vacancy uh, plans. So anyway, that's that. <sighs> that felt good. Yeah, that was a lot. I love, I love the message. I love, I feel, I know you definitely touch those people because people definitely grieve. And they grieve different. So, yeah, Kishi was a she was a good person, and um, the idea that a person that good who was good to everybody could die feeling not valued is crazy. It's crazy. 
and and I blame it on like in her world, think about it. This was the gatekeeper to the richest athlete in the world, the most successful athlete in the world. So if you wanted to get to Floyd, you had to go through Kichi. So every celebrity who wanted to talk to Floyd had to talk to Kichi. There's celebrities trying to sing at her memorial. You will not be singing. Those songs will not be sang. I've already canceled. I've already put the memo in. Because I knew who she liked and I knew who she, she didn't hate, but I knew who she didn't feel respected her for her. People would call and build these fake relationships with her to get to Floyd. She knew that though. And that's what I do love. She was aware of what everybody was. She loved Gail King. She loved Usher. Uh, she loved, um, you know, The Weeknd. She loved Mariah Carey probably the most. She just was a really good person. But she she loved Kevin Hart. She loved, but she loved everybody. She loved my assistant. She loved Lee. She loved Rob. And I didn't even know she would be like damning people in my life, checking on them. That's the type of person she was. We didn't even know how she found out so much time. But, uh, you know, uh, send your prayers to Floyd because Floyd's lost a lot of people in the last year or so. And to watch him be so sad and broken, um, you know, the first three days, he didn't even get out of bed. I flew there to see him. He's just curled up in bed crying and not eating. So he's doing better now. I saw him at the fight this past week with Gervonta and uh, Ryan, which, by the way, was a good damn fight. Well, it was a great fight. Um, I was going to go to the fight. I bought tickets. Um, I bought plane tickets. I got a hotel room. I was going to take a date. And then he got to talking shit. And I canceled everything. And I had two front row seats, three front row seats with my friends. And we ordered Taco Bell. And we sat in our robes. And we watched the fight. And we had a good time. And I saved probably $20,000. Period. Wait, where's, wait, wait. Say twenty thousand dollars. That's 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 first. That's new. Listen, right. it's new. Shout out to my accounting team. <laughs> no, I mean, did you guys watch the fight? No, no. Yes. yes. Were you at my house? I was. Oh yeah. yeah. I was, did, I was you, in Buffalo, sorry. You know what? Oh, my God. Okay, let me first start to say, Ryan Garcia, you are a class act. I know I know you. Even though I tried to fight your brother in New York, I didn't know it was your brother. He probably would have knocked my ass out. And this is for something for all you niggas out there that think you tough because you come from the Blood and Crip gangs. Y'all going to run up on one of these small Mexicans, they're going to beat your ass. Damn. Ryan Garcia would have knocked me out with a two-piece, and I wouldn't even <laughs> seen it coming. But that goes back to, you know, I got that hot mouth. I did have security with, you know, arm behind me. But, you know, it's still, you it's, just never know. You talk correct, to the wrong person. Correct, correct. His brother walked up to me at the bar and had said some slick shit. And I turned around and said whatever I said. But then when I saw Ryan come up, you know, I calmed it down. But Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, you know you're a class act. I think Ryan is a good-looking, very brandable class act gentleman. He's a great boxer. But maybe he got in that ring against Tank, Gervonta Davis, sure. Baltimore bred bully, sure. young gorilla, young Mike Tyson. Uh, and um, it was not... Baby Floyd. Baby Floyd. That's a good one. That's a good one. But he's now the face of boxing. Gervonta knocked him out uh, in the seventh round, which he predicted. He knocked him down in the second round. Uh, but I, when I was watching the fight, because I've seen, I've been to Tank's training camps. I've seen Tank fight from everywhere, from New York to Canada. I know Tank. He's been on the, uh, my last podcast. Uh, and I've watched Ryan Garcia fight. I knew that Ryan Garcia had reach on him, but I knew that Tank's thing is uppercut. But here's when I knew that Tank Here's when I knew Ryan fucked up. In the first round, when they're, you know, the first round, if you ever watch a Floyd Mayweather fight, for the first three rounds, Floyd's kind of filling you out. You know, he's a defensive fighter, so he's filling you out. Look at my gay ass up here talking about sports like I know I'm talking about. Okay, I'm so shocked. I'm shocked, I'm shocked shook. that you're talking about like this. Okay, my details. My best friend is Floyd Mayweather. I've been in his fight. So I mean, you go to okay. all the games front row, like yeah. court side, so you should know something about Well, now. court side for basketball, for me, I'm just looking at which basketball player has the tightest ass. I really don't care. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. Football players, y'all are, y'all, it's a fight between y'all. Anyway, um, no, with the boxers, one thing about Tank, when I saw that first round, 
and I saw Ryan Garcia was trying to bully Tank and throwing all those punches and all up on him and pressing him, I said, one, Tank doesn't like to feel like he's being bullied, and he don't like to feel like he's being embarrassed. He's about to go off. The second round, when I saw that Ryan was letting him on the inside, and he was like, Tank is known for uppercutting you. There's a video of Ryan online from years ago talking about Tank's uppercut and what he had to do to stay away from the uppercut, but he forgot it that night. Ryan, he knocked your ass out. But either way, I really liked uh, them showing that they were a class act, and I love the fact that Floyd and Tank were there because they had fallen out some time ago, and you know, Tank is no longer uh, that affiliated with the money team and Floyd for whatever reason. The business just went in separate ways, but I did see their, their, their connection in the ring, and I love that Floyd went up to him and whispered in his ear, go over there and congratulate the other boxer, and he did. And that's the class that makes Floyd Mayweather the best fighter that's ever lived because you know he's going to beat your ass, but then he's going to hug you afterwards, sort of like your parents. <laughs> right exactly like your parents did you put money on the fight though do you do no that? no no i mean i knew tank was gonna. i put it on social media i knew tank was gonna win i could have won an extra but like what i'm gonna, I'm gonna put a hundred thousand on tank and then win 25 like i don't know i guess it's twenty five thousand close close i don't yeah, know you got 125 right, yeah right. but no i didn't nah, bet anyone that, that could have been the 25 that you're trying to say oh negative one twenty five. that part yeah i did i didn't i don't i'm not a gambling person i play the lottery i buy you know i buy like a thousand tickets i lose he buys a you play the lottery he buys a thousand i go and buy them a thousand Right. That's just greedy. You're Take very rich. At no, this no, point. no, no. One day that. he spent three thousand. Excuse me. Um, there's people watching this. Oh. I spent three thousand dollars, but think about it. If I would have won a billion dollars off of three thousand, now I will tell you now all of what I said about loving your friends. No. If I win a billion dollars, I probably would change all my phone numbers. Everybody would have to call Rico. <laughs> what about me though? Since I play, if you win one billion dollars, yeah. The person who went to play it, that would be me. <clears throat> How much would I get? Right. Just, just a curious. A tip. Um, I would give you okay. Out of a billion, out of a billion, out of a billion, I give you a million. How do you feel about that? Hey, I'm rich. One point five. You don't got pay taxes. One point five is better. No, I give him a million check. I mean, he, he, I put it in his business, so then the business could write it off. All right. So you keep playing those six. But he gonna, he gonna have kids and have to pay. Rico gonna have seven kids. Wow. Twenty four with no kids, just put it in the air for now that he knows of. Okay, well, listen, um, that's been my week. Uh, lots going on. Shout out to Ryan and to Javante for a very entertaining fight. Tank, congratulations on becoming the face of boxing. I don't know anybody else that can beat Tank at this point. People are saying Ryan should get a rematch. I don't know that Ryan should get a rematch. I think he fought the best he could. Both had no knockouts at the time. Now, of course, um, Ryan, you got knocked out. But I loved how Ryan showed him a lot of grace afterwards. He talked about God. Like, Ryan is a good guy. And... Ryan came out to a God song, a, G, uh, yeah, a church right. song. Wait, it should have been that, that, that been a huge problem when Tank came out with Chief Keep. With Chief Keep, right. I was going to say. Because I'm not going to lie, it's like somebody who learned English, listening to Chief Keef area. Seeing him come out, Chief Keef has been low-key ever since, what, 2015, yeah, 2016? Like, no, you know? Since those rape allegations. And, allegedly. Um, allegedly. And Allegedly. yeah, for seeing that, because like I said, I was in Buffalo, so I, I wasn't wanted to aware. Little baby come out. I wanted to see, you know, Busta Rhymes. But he got was... flagged because all he did was lip sync it and like bop mm. around with his. But it's the down. fact that you you got to keep right. But why do rappers lip sync? It's not even really singing. Right, it's not like your Beyonce lip doing rap. flips right, and stuff, right, cartwheels. Like, I don't understand why rappers lip sync. I don't get that. Yeah, well, I mean, you're they're probably it's, performing to a track because you know it's it's TV, so you mm -hmm. want to play a TV track because they got to get the song clear. I don't know, right? I want you guys to start coming out with attractive rappers. I, I don't know. Maybe like 
Moneybag Yo is more attractive and jewelry and he's fly. He's clean looking. Um, Lil Dirk would have been better. Um, but Chief Keef is from the same town as Lil Dirk. So yeah, that's kind of like the same thing. Chicago. Chicago rapper. Standing up. <laughs> nah. Gervonta is from Baltimore. Oh. He could have came out with Lil Mo. I mean, <laughs> no, he could have came out with Krishan. You know Cause she's no, from, Lil isn't Mo, she from Baltimore? Krishan, she's pregnant. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Cause she was pregnant last time too. Either way, that would have been cool. Wait, and speaking of boxing, Blueface beat up the guy. He hey, fought. I was Krishan was there that night too. Yeah. That was that was yeah, good. Blueface, I've said is my celebrity crush. Now he <laughs> is my celebrity crush. I want a crypt to fight for me like that, um, but I don't want to say too much because then he probably will never call me again. But nah, I like I, I like Blueface. Um, Blueface could have performed. He's more mm-hmm. he's attractive. I don't know. Oh, he was fighting, so he couldn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Either way. Shout out to Blueface. And those of you that say Blueface is not attractive, if you go over there and Google his penis, I bet you'll change it now. Your mind, okay? <laughs> what? All right. Well, anyway, enough of that. I feel like we're already in this segment. Let's get to the TV business. Now, listen, I keep telling y'all that being owned by other people, networks and all that is not the way to go. That's why I'm big on promoting black ownership. And I know I'm going to go down as an icon later, but y'all not going to give me my flowers yet. I give myself my own flowers. Not right now. Please, God. Not right now. Not right now. Okay. But anyway, Don Lemon has been terminated by CNN. Everybody has seen this online. I've texted Don. This is probably how Don looked at my text when I texted him because he <laughs> ain't texted me back. But anyway, news uh, recently broke out that uh, Tucker Carlson, who's over at Fox News, left, that Don Lemon is now leaving CNN. Both are rival uh, networks, but Don is now being let and he w- let go and he was terminated immediately. He didn't know from what he said on social media, which I'll get into in a minute, that he was going to be let go. Typically, when you're fired from work, you kind of see things coming. Don has had a rough couple weeks, couple months or whatever, but we'll get into that. Now, before we get into Don... In his termination, let's talk about Fox because they haven't revealed why they fired Tucker Carlson. Now, a lot of people are, you know, coming up with their conspiracy theories and accusations as to why it happened. There was rampant misogyny in the workplace that were, you know, being reported by lots of women. And then remember, Fox News just went through this huge lawsuit, a billion, multi-billion dollar lawsuit where they end up having to pay over $700 million as a result, 787.7 to be exact. Damn, that's almost like when you win the Super Lotto and they take some of your money out. But either way, they lost this uh, fight to a, a company called Dominion. And the Dominion was their, the company that basically has the... They're involved with the elections that uh, Fox News had ran this whole theory that, that they, they had falsified the election results for Joe Biden to win. Remember, that's when all the white people climbed up the Capitol trying to kill the Vice President, Nancy Pelosi, all that. You can go watch Pelosi in the house if you want to see that in real time. <laughs> well, either way... Um, they were brought into another lawsuit by a former producer named Abby Grossberry. Now, Abby worked on Tucker's show, and she sued uh, Tucker, saying in Fox News, alleging that he and his producer, Justin Wells, displayed rampant misogyny and anti-Semitism in the workplace. So, now, what that basically means is he's had a lot of negative shit about, to say about women, and now this woman is taking him out, which I find ironic. All this Me Too shit and all this misogyny stuff, it all happens at a time when people are under fire. It's like, sort of like one one knife's in their gut, might as well stick the rest in their heart. Okay, now, Carlson is now joining Tucker Carlson is now Don Lemon, who was also fired at the same time and accused of the same thing. Now, let me show you a photo of Don Lemon. This is Don, me and Don. This is us 
Boy, I was cold that day. Remember, Marina? Mm -hmm. This was us in D.C. Uh, he had a much more happier smile at the time. He was employed. Uh, and we oh. ran into each other. Oh, we got matching coats on, too. Come on, coats. Both got on Come glasses. Come on, Pico. Both got and on glasses. Nice glasses. Both got on glasses. Both got on coats. Both gay. Uh, anyway, we were there at the White House together when they were um, signing in the bill of marriage equality. And so, you saw Sam Smith. Sam. I did see Sam Smith. He was really round. And he, he was, was dressed properly that day too. But he was round on the Grammys too, though. Very round. Well, I don't know. He that that performance a lot. Well, anyway, Don Lemon went to his Twitter to reveal that his agent told him that he was terminated after spending 17 years with the network. This is what he said. He said, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I'm stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to do the work I have loved at the network. It is clear that there are some larger issues at play. With that said, I want to thank my colleagues and the many teams I've worked with for an incredible run. They are the most talented journalists in the business, and I wish them all the best. Now, the crazy part about Don Lemon, I will tell you in his work ethic, because I've seen Don Lemon multiple times, but it's always in D.C. Uh, I went to Dubai, came back to the United States, went to the vice president's uh, Christmas party and Don was there and I'm like yo what are you doing Don had flown in that day for the Christmas party was flying back out when he came to the White House the day we saw him he flew in to cover that event and was flying right back out that same day to be on the morning show in the morning so his level of commitment to the to the organization was amazing now CNN didn't like what Don had to say because typically when you start to shake shit up and go out there and tell your truth here come the people CNN said this CNN and Don have parted ways. Don will forever be a part of the CNN family, and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well, and we will be cheering him on in his future endeavors. Don's statement about this morning's events is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter. Now, I don't really know about that because CNN's, you know... CNN's not being clear. They said he had a, time, a chance to meet with management, and he's saying that he didn't. But either way, now, according to the New York Times, and what they're saying is that there's an interview that was conducted last week with a, a guy named Vivek. I don't even know his last name, but he's running for... He's he's part of the Republican Party running to be president. He wants to be... He's, the GO... Is it GOP? Mm -hmm. The GOP? GOP. Mm -hmm. Good old polls. I don't know. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> this guy named Vivek, he did an interview with uh, Don Lemon over there, and his uh, co-host Poppy was there, and listen, this is what happened. There are a whole plethora of reasons that... With due respect, I find I find your explanation reductive and actually insulting, including to black Americans, to say that black people today, compared to 1964, 1865, haven't made progress in part because of the freedoms we secured. And the Second Amendment was black part of the culture of that Please, I cannot keep a thought if you guys are talking to me in my ear. So uh, hang on one second. So to say that, that black people, say, say what you said again. Black people secured their freedoms after the Civil War and is a historical fact, Don. Just study it. Only after their Second black Amendment rights were secured. They were not secured their freedoms after the Civil War. That is not, you, you are discounting the, uh, Reconstruction. You're discounting a whole host of things that happened after the Civil War when it comes to African Americans, including the whole reason that the Civil Rights Movement happened is because black people did not secure their freedoms after the Civil War, and that things turned around. People were tried to change the freedoms that were supposed and to happen. And you know how they got Civil it? War they got their Second Amendment rights, and they actually got, the NRA played a big role in that. But today, down the, the line, NRA did not play a big role in that. 
First of all, it was all a lie. let's start with that. Um, reactions. What'd you guys think of that? That was spicy. It's just irritating as a black person. Watch every African American in the world. We fought for the liberties of others. So you can't really contrib- contribute on this conversation in that way. Without us, there is no you. So I understand what both parties are saying, but I don't. We have a Black History Month for a reason because of the icons and the sacrifice that we made for every other minority in this group. So you cannot talk unless your people died, beat, hanged, lynched, burned, all of the above. You enslaved, enslaved, put in prison. Right. right. So deny reparations. We're also disrespected in that way because, like, you know, they call us lazy, they call us all of this crap, but we fought and for everybody. And you're here talking crap. From one perspective, not seeing the whole lens. Also, how are you the guest being disrespectful to Dom on his own platform? That's just crazy to me. I don't like that. I'm Dominican, and there's no way that I could tell a black person. Like, I'm always trying to learn from cultures because they they bring to stuff that I haven't, you know? So it's crazy to see an Indian, like he said, trying to correct a black man from his history, from what he goes through. Which that's why he said, like, you can't tell me because I lived, you know, like, yeah. Well, there there were a couple observations. One, um, CNN is now owned by a billionaire, a a white man who they say is Republican. And so the culture, from what I understand and looking online and hearing from people around the business, is that the culture at CNN is changing where it used to be a really far left liberal platform is now moving a little bit more towards the right. So that's that. Understand how media controls the minds of people because you see what you see. And then unless you have real spirited dialogue like that, you don't know what's real or not. I saw him taking his earpiece out. Now, that was called a uh, what's that? It's called a rogue. No, what is that called? IFB. IFB. Tell everybody what an IFB is. An IFB, it goes in your ear and it's supposed to be low key, but it's for the executive producer, whoever to talk to you and tell you like what to say. So basically, that means the executive producer, whoever's producing that show was talking to Don. He just took it out. And and probably telling him to stop. Don't do this. Don't interrupt. And Don took it out and said, stop talking so I can think. Now, when you let a black person have free thought, that's what happens. The truth comes out. Now, I don't know what made you think coming there to try to win the hearts of Americans to vote for you to be our leader, a leader of the free world, would make sense if we can't have a conversation with free thought. On top of that, you are also telling a black man the black American's experience. 
where I think it's the audacity that she would mm -hmm. project. It's just like, I can't even imagine why white people sometimes tell us to go back to our country when y'all brought us over here to build this motherfucker for free and still ain't gave us shit. So the, the, it's the audacity for me, but what I loved about what Don did was he gave us what journalists should be doing. You should be questioning their theories, you should, especially if they're running for president. You should be uh, a, a, a challenging their thoughts or their positions on things. And I think him sitting there saying that he was offended at a black man for saying a black person's experience I think that was just wild uh, speak. And so for him to get let go, if that was the reason, was a problem. Now, I will say this spicy interview followed a recent expose done by Variety saying that Don was a diva. Mm. <laughs> He's gay. <laughs> what is a diva? A gay. Oh. another word for a hustle. Like me. Like, you know how sometimes I'm like walking around the house in a Versace robe being extra? I'm a diva. That's a diva. <laughs> Or Whatever. demanding things at that instant. Like, I won't do it. Listen, like it this. is what it is. They say he was a diva. He's Don Lemon. He had the Don Lemon show. The show was in his name. He was a staple. 17 years, he earned the right to be a diva. They said the same about uh, Whoopi Goldberg when she walked off mm -hmm. the set at The View, when Bill O'Reilly was saying all the racist shit he was saying about Muslims being terrorists. Black people cannot sit in the room with racism. Mm -hmm. We just can't sit in there and eat it. White people want us up there so black people tune in, but want us to digest the bullshit that black yeah. people will be able to call bullshit when they see us going through it. Well, either way, they said he was diva, a diva, and he was also a misogynist by alienating and mocking his female co-workers for nearly two decades. Now, some of the things they said that Don did was uh, mock Nancy Grace on air. And to Do we have a picture of Nancy Grace? Mm -mm. Okay, well, if you saw what Nancy Grace looked like, you'd mock her too. Her hair was ridiculous, but whatever. It's not massages. Maybe it could be, but I don't know. They he he and Soledad O'Brien. Now Soledad is a black girl that people do respect, uh, but they told her he told her she wasn't black enough allegedly, right? Allegedly, she's mixed. She's mixed. For me, it's a one drop rule. You're black. You're black. Whatever. Uh, well, they they said that he was. They said that she wasn't black enough to host Black in America. That it should have been somebody who was blacker. Now, after they did this expose, Don's team claimed the accusations were false anecdotes and had no concrete evidence. And less than a month later, now he's been terminated. So I don't know. Um, that's just a lot for me. I just do think that Don was good for CNN. I just feel like for me, if I worked at a place for 17 years, that's like a solid relationship. That's like being in a relationship with a man or whoever for 17 years and your mutual friend is like, actually... they you know, y'all are not together no more. Your boyfriend doesn't want to be with you. The fact that, because I love how Dom said, like, they didn't even tell me. Like, they didn't even tell him and sit him down. Like, if it just makes no sense. I well, think it goes back to what Jason always preaches, ownership. Like, if he had yeah. ownership in this show, this could never have happened to him. And that's why it's important for black people to have ownership in their productions, their podcasts. That's why I see you fight hard, and I understand it, because... Had Don had ownership, they could never have taken him off a platform that he built. Black people are only watching CNN because we see Don because he looks like us. Just so you know. Well, That's and this it. is why when I went on um, on um, Angie Martinez's show, the Angie Martinez show at Power 105, she's been legendary at Hot 97, then Power 105, but she didn't own anything. So all those interviews, she don't own the audio. She don't own, Yeah, you got the fame, you got the money, you got the check. But now she owns IRL, her podcast, and she's having huge interviews over it. She owns the digital content. She owns the audio content. Like, she she can license it all out. Like, if she plays her her position, she can do well with that. Well, either way, shout out to her because she's a boss. And another boss that says, don't worry, Donnie, he got your back, is Rick Ross said he'll hire you at Wingstop. Look. <laughs> it's the biggest boss in the game, Ricky Rose. 
just found out Don Lemon was terminated from CNN. Damn, Don. But guess what? The brothers got your back. We hiring in at Wingstop. And for some reason, I believe you know what you're doing with them lemon pepper wings. So man, just send over your resume. Well, it was 17 years. <clears throat> but I'm gonna make sure I get you in front of the right grill, brother. Stay solid, brother. Just came up with a wonderful idea. Well, really, Don, you helped me come up with this, but I need to hit the team over at Rap Star Energy Drink and let them know we should introduce the Don Lemon flavor. What y'all think? What y'all think? Hey, Don, I'm a busted. Hey, we got you, brother, Don Lemon. <laughs> Rick, I hate you. I hate you. Um, Rick, you know, I will say, Rick, Rick, the sh shady moments, number one. Rick is going to use every opportunity to promote Wingstop, which he's an owner okay. of, and his Queen. drink, this other drink. Number one. Number two, why did you go outside in front of a waterfall to send a message to a man who just lost his job and who still allegedly is owed $25 million? That's shade. Number three, <laughs> why you say you're going to introduce him to a girl to talk to about which grill to get in front of when you're a boss and he's a boss and you can... So basically you're saying you're a boss, he's an employee, he can talk to an employee. And then the other thing is, Rick, stay out of the Hollywood Unlocked DMs because every time we post a serious story, you always go in there and say, take him to Wingstop or you make a Wingstop <laughs> reference. But it's the marketing for me. Congratulations to the biggest boss so far, even though you haven't been over here. Uh, you and your girlfriend, Pretty V, should come. All right. Well, Phil Jackson is in the news. Now, we all know Phil Jackson to be a legendary. Um, he is legendary. He's iconic. No, he really is. Okay. He is known for coaching some of the biggest, most famous basketball players in the world. But now he's in some shit. Former NBA coach Phil Jackson recently called out the NBA and politics intersecting specifically when the league began to support Black Lives Matter. Now, we all know that all <laughs> lives matter. For all you white people watching, hey, white people, we love you, but we know that all lives matter, but we know that black lives don't matter as much as all the other lives, which is why Black Lives Matter became a thing. And so that became a big movement where we know over in football, Donald Trump and all the masters who own all the black players and the black uh, team people over there that play in the NFL, we know that they didn't want people kneeling and standing for that. Well, we know LeBron and all the other athletes in the NBA took a lot of um, uh, pride in standing with Black Lives Matter over the whole movement in the past few years. Well, anyway, Phil Jackson, who's been around for a long time, uh, he retired in 2011 and he's now back in the news. When he retired, he left with 11 championships between the Chicago Bulls and the L.A. Lakers. Here's some of the people that he coached, just so we know that this is the real GOAT. He had Kobe. He had Shaq. He had Michael Jordan. He had Scottie Pippen. He had Dennis Rodman and many others. Shout out to Larsa, who had Pippen and Michael Jordan. Son. Ouch. I mean, they had a lot in common. And her son now plays for Lakers. Anyway, um... Hey, Lars, it was a joke. Well, anyway, after his retirement in 2011, Phil recently spoke out with Rick Rubin and said that he hasn't watched the game, the NBA game, since 2020. Now, we all know during 2020 that was COVID. They were in a bubble. Everybody had to move to Orlando. You had to go through this intense screening. They didn't have audiences. So it kind of got weird. A lot of people who watched the NBA at the time and basketball just stopped watching. 
Well, Phil now is sharing why he stopped watching because that was the year, as we know, the NBA uh, showed a lot of support for Black Lives Matter. This is what Phil said to Rick Rubin. Do you do you uh, still watch a lot of basketball or no? I don't. Tell me about that. When and did you stop immediately from the time you stopped coaching? No, I didn't. I watched some of the game evolve and decided, and they went into the lockout year and they did something that was kind of wanky. They did a bubble down in Orlando mm -hmm. and all the teams that could qualify mm -hmm. went down there and mm -hmm. stayed down there. Mm -hmm. No audience. And they had things on their back like, you know, justice and uh yeah i made a little funny thing like uh you know justice just went to the basket and uh equal opportunity just knocked him down and uh somebody uh had another name for a guy who has jersey in the back of a jersey he had some other slogan so my grandkids thought that was pretty funny to to, to play up those names so I, I i couldn't watch that and then lakers won actually they they won that year and uh do you feel it, like it just made little of the game like it made it like a sideshow what do you think it was that turned you off well it was it was uh they even had slogans on the floor on the baseline it was catering it was trying to cater to an audience or trying to bring a certain audience into play and it they didn't know it was turning other people off you know mm -hmm. people people want to see sports as non-political Mm -hmm. You know, we've had we've had a lot of different type of uh, players that have gone on to be like, you know, Bill Bradley was a senator, number of baseball players have been representatives and senators and political, but their politics stay out of the game. Yeah, it's separate. Not, doesn't it's separate. need to be there. Well, Phil, if they say that basketball and football are American sports, why can't we show how un-America, un-American America is? I mean, yes. Black people come and play. Most people that I see on the courts of these basketball teams are black. Most of the people you're recruiting out of the schools are black or Spanish or they're people that have melanin in their skin. Most of the people who are there at watching the show, there's a lot of black people, black families, people on dates, black kids. And there are black kids who are looking to their favorite basketball players who are more than just an animal that you've purchased at the highest price to run a basketball down the court, right? Some of these young black kids sitting at home the way Oprah looked at Diana Ross, the way that some kids are looking at uh, Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan are looking at them as being superstars or people that they could actually become. So the fact that you look at them as mules, that's your choice. But that's what slave owners do. That's what people who are product of slave ownership do. We don't have that privilege because we've been on the other end of that. But to say that these slogans on the ground, which we just showed the photo, Black Lives Matter is a bad thing. Maybe it's because the players wanted it there and the players should have a say so in how these teams govern. Now, when I think about sports and I think about what Floyd has been able to do, we talked about Floyd at the top of the thing. Floyd, in one of our interviews, had said that the, when he became rich was after, you know, he had done um, he had fought a fight and made seven hundred fifty thousand. And then he went on and did two fights or three fights and made seven hundred fifty million. And the difference was going from being a fighter uh, being promoted by somebody else to become an actual promoter and owner. And that was the power of ownership. He also was the one who was in charge of his deal. He got money from every end of it. So when you think about the players who are playing these sports, you all are literally traded. That's what they did to slaves. You're traded by the owners. 
you literally are, and if you have no free thought or no free opinion, if you can't be educated, you're a slave. And so when you start to really unpack what it really is, you don't want people to show up with education or information. You don't want the audience to become educated back home by their favorite player that raised an issue that can create unrest around the country. Because if LeBron James goes out and speaks against racism, you're going to have the news pick it up and everybody around the world is going to hear it. And he said something that was very interesting. My grandkids really like the slogans. It's because the younger people get it. They're not threatened by you losing the fight to keep uh, a group of people enslaved mentally or physically or financially. And so, yeah, I think it's a test of times. You're old, you're washed up, you're no longer... To me, I think you lose your legendary status when you sound this stupid. They say never meet your heroes. And I feel like this is just Phil Jackson reminding us he's a white man born in 1945. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that these people are nothing but modern-day remarketed slaves to them. Yeah. And then all those colorist people is the one who making the sport, the sport shit. Right. I mean, nobody's going to nobody's going to show up. Okay, let me say this. When you go to the Lakers, if LeBron's not playing, you're already upset. Now, if if some of the other players who are star players like Anthony Davis are not there, you're going to be upset. When Kobe was there, if Kobe or Shaq when they were playing together were not there, people did not want to see those games. The difference between Kobe being on the court and Shaq not being the difference between Kobe and Shaq not being on the court is the Clippers. You go watch the Clippers. No shade to the Clippers. It's just you're not the Lakers. So, uh, you know, I'm just really disappointed. And when you say don't meet your favorite stars, I will remember the night that we met Rihanna for the first time together. After I had my moment and she gave me everything I wanted, I looked at her. I said, I'm out. And she goes, where are you going? Why you don't want to get a drink? You want to hang out? And I said, no, because I don't want you to let me down. I want you to be what I what you are right now. I want you to be that. And she's been consistently the same since then. But when I think about that, yeah, I met Lauren Hill and I've told the story several times. She was really disrespectful to me. She was she was every everything I thought about Lauren Hill was like out the window. I never and heard I, that story. And I no longer. Well, I'll tell you off camera. It was a lie. <laughs> Lauren Hill was, was my most disappointing uh, celebrity experience. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Phil, I'm disappointed in you because a lot of people have upheld you as one of the greatest uh, coaches of all times. You've had some of the biggest, brightest stars, uh, you know, as part of your coaching experience. And to say something so stupid like that, it just, again, it, it showed that maybe there's more under that hood. <laughs> no pun intended. Which hood? The white okay. hood? Well, anyway, moving on. All right. Well, speaking about more under the hood, uh, Jonathan Majors, he's back in the news. Now, you know, last week I brought up Jonathan Majors. Now, Jonathan... You should have came on Hollywood Unlocked or at the Jason Lee show before all this happened because there's not much I can do to defend you, but you might not need it because after his New York City arrest, saying that he had allegedly beat his girl, remember there was all that, there were text messages shared or whatever, they've been trying to prove his innocence. They've been going on and on and on, releasing text messages and saying that he's not guilty, although he's lost almost everything. He lost his management team, he lost his PR team, he lost his army endorsement, and there's even this deal over at Disney where he's supposed to be in a new Marvel film, and now that's on the chopping block, potentially. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, or you've been living under a rock, let me catch you up. Jonathan is a black man. He's a big black man. He's a big black man. He hasn't always been a big black man, but this big black man was dating a little white girl. And in dating a white girl, they were somehow in a car, and she's saying she caught him cheating or texting with another woman, and then when she confronted him, he allegedly slapped her, and that he put his hands around her neck. I'm going to say allegedly because I wasn't there. Allegedly. And that he was strangling her. Strangling? God, that's a... God damn, is he? Well, anyway, uh, in their first attempt to prove his innocence, his lawyer released those text messages. Remember that? Here are the text messages. So those of you listening on uh, podcasts, wherever they're streamed, make sure you go over to YouTube and check it out. But there's these text messages that came up where uh, basically 
they're saying or allegedly saying that she admitted that she didn't he didn't hurt or whatever. Well, since that happened, that didn't stop him from getting dropped by everybody. And I told you who he'd been dropped by. Well, now there was a report that more people were coming forward, that there were other abuse victims, because that's what happens. That's what happened in Cosby's case, even though he was found not guilty. Uh, or he was found guilty, but then he was later released, right? That's what happens. Once somebody starts, there here comes an avalanche of people that want to sign on to it. Well, anyway, they said that there were all these other abuse victims that were going to come forward, and that they were cooperating with the DA's office. Well, Jonathan's team then said that they provided irrefutable evidence to the DA, claiming that the charges were false and they were confident that uh, he would be fully exonerated. Now, Jonathan's attorney also said that there was a video shooting down his ex's claims. And sure enough, after they shared a photo of Jonathan's ex in the club, a full video surfaced of her partying after the incident, during which she told police she sustained a broken finger and an ear laceration. Do we have the video? If we do, go ahead and play it. This is uh, the video right here. That's the girl going to the club. With all white people. Mm-hmm. There she is at the club, at the bar, getting a drink. And you guys got to come over here and watch this. She's still there chilling. She doesn't seem to be in distress. She's talking to the bartender. I don't know how long this video goes, but we're going to keep playing. I'm going to keep talking. She's laughing. She's enjoying herself. She's probably saying, I got that nigga. Mm -hmm. and she's still there. She with her homegirl. She's like, girl, we finna get these drinks. Put it on his card. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. They said that's his <laughs> card for real. That's what Did they, they say that? Yeah. Allegedly, that's his card. Ooh, allegedly. Allegedly. Run it up. Run it up. Run. City girls. She city said, girls. City, city girls. girls <laughs> you just had, you had, young, you had Carisha already. Bitch, you tried it. <laughs> well, anyway, the video goes on and on and on. You can go check it out. Now, they're saying that she's allegedly using her injured right hand to go through a stack of credit cards in order to pay for an $800 bottle of champagne, which was put on Jonathan's card. So, I don't know. I mean, look, on one hand, I I really hate saying that a woman is lying when we don't know all the facts. Yes, she was in the video having drinks after this alleged incident happened. But I've been in a fight and gone right in to get another drink. When you're drunk, you want to keep getting drunk, okay? Um, am I supposed to be sad after you strangle me? You strangle me. Wipe the tears away and go get that 1942. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to defend Jonathan Majors. From what I've heard, the videos that are circulating are somehow being used to discredit her. But remember, Tory Lanez did a whole bunch of attempts to discredit Megan Thee Stallion. And he was found guilty, ultimately. Uh, I don't want to go... I don't want to move fast to say that she's wrong. I will say again, I'll double down. If she's lying, she should go to prison for that. If he's lying, he deserves to go back to the Chick-fil-A. I said that <laughs> in the last show. Um, but I also think that, you know, we live in a world now where everybody has a cell phone, there's a camera everywhere, and the community is going to rush you to judgment before you get to go before a jury. So I don't know. Y'all think he's guilty? I don't want to say yes or no, but I just hope for the sake of his career, I hope there's another video that comes out or something to further prove it. Because I do think that you can be hurt by your partner, or your abuser, and still go out, just like you were saying. Yeah. I, I feel like this is not showing anything, but I just hope there's more because I love Jonathan Majors. It looked like she was turning up low-key. Like, you know how it happens. Like, you know, we go out, yeah. it's always fun, then liquor gets involved, and then it goes left. I feel like... You can see, we have the receipts, right? She's ordering it up. She's charging this man's card. Allegedly. 
Alleged. No, well, no, I mean, no. the receipts are there. She's charging that. She rounded it up. So at the end of the day, like, I think that sometimes when liquor gets involved, people get a little crazy. So I think that a little liquor got involved. Then once she sobered up, she's like, oh shit, my bag is involved. At, at sea. Now, see, this is the problem I have with people. See how he created a whole uh, storyline? He created a whole storyline. You don't know if that video this is from before or after. But I'm I'm telling you what no, I saw. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That was happened after the fight, allegedly, is what they're saying. But the point is, is that I don't know that that's enough to tell me that he didn't do it. I'm not going to just say release the black man is innocent, the white girl is wrong, because the race shouldn't necessarily determine whether or not a person is guilty or not. However, in this country and in the world, we've seen that white women who fetishize over black penises and black men have put black men in prison for things that they haven't done. And we're not saying this about anybody from Croatia who has a black man. <laughs> not anybody in particular. Because, some, because again, I'm a product of being mixed race, right? My mother, well, my mother was sleeping with a black man who was with a black woman. But either way, whatever, whatever. I don't want to bring my issues into it. My mom is and my father are dead. Okay, but no, go ahead, Maria. I was just going to say, I feel like it's race gets involved especially now because Amber Heard was on trial, bit someone's finger off, shit in someone's bed, and she's still Yeah, y'all didn't see that? No. Continue. Okay, well look it up. Um she did all of that and she's still DC is still letting her be an Aquaman. Like she's still gonna be in this movie. But Jonathan's getting dragged and this stuff's not even That's not even because well, he's black. Well that part. well couple things. One, Johnny Depp was not black. Um, so there's not a race issue between the two. Let me say this, because them showing, dis I know what you're saying. He's being held guilty in a court of public opinion before he has his day in court. Yes. The difference between this and that is that we did not see him actually, but let me back up. We did not see Amber Heard. Um, I'm trying to think. Let me think. Amber Heard, who was Johnny Depp's girl, who allegedly shit in the bed. Do we <laughs> see shit in the bed? <laughs> we did? Mm hmm that was just nasty. That's disgusting. That. Either way, yeah. I mean, race is an issue. Let's be real. Like, courts and, and prisons are creative for people of color. I mean, we, uh, we watched the 13th Amendment. Shout out to Ava DuVernay and all the people that made that over on Netflix. Um, I think it's just unfortunate that he's, mm -hmm. he was a rising star that mm -hmm. was on the tip of everybody's tongue. And now this will always be a, a cloud that follows him. Like, no matter, even if he is exonerated, he's still going to be held accountable for this. Like, mm -hmm. you're still going to always be, when you walk in the room, that's the one that be dead white girl, allegedly. <laughs> um, but I don't, but I still want to say that I don't believe her being out drinking after the fact of claiming that she was choked by her boyfriend is a sign that she's not telling the truth. Right. Because... She has his credit card. They could. This could have been. This could have not only been the first time they fought. They could have fought many times. Like, okay, we got to. Rico, you have a credit card of mine. We get in arguments all the time. Just because we argue all of a sudden now, you can't go down and take the dogs to handle something. No, I mean you have the credit card. You I get know? what you're saying. So it's, I, it's the, just, it's, I don't know. I don't. That's know. also because you're being honest, and the situation is honest. I don't think her situation as is as honest. I feel like. She saw some text messages. She saw her spot was being compromised, so she turned up. And a lot of like, you When's know. When's the last time we heard this story? The other day. No. We've been hearing that old. A woman who was in a car with her boyfriend and saw text messages. Right, right, right. So right. again, I don't want to be rushed to judgment and I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Well, listen, I feel bad talking about this next story because I actually like designer, but um, I do feel like I'm talking to about somebody with a mental health disorder because designer, if you've ever had a conversation with him, it's literally like, like that's literally how he talks. He talks in sound effects. So 
I don't know what sound effect he was making last week when he was on this flight, but he got on his Delta flight and he's been arrested <laughs> now for allegedly exposing himself on an airplane. They're saying that uh, he was masturbating. I don't know if he was struggling to masturbate. I don't know if he was coming up with a new sound for a new song. I don't know if he was mid-sentence. I don't know. But after the news broke, the rapper released a statement and said that he was struggling with mental health. I told you he had a mental health issue. And um, he'd be seeking help and logging into a facility or getting into a facility. Now, before his statement, the FBI said that after designer performed in Asia, he was on a Delta flight on his way back home to Minneapolis when attendants caught him with his penis out in first class. <laughs> now, they're saying that they caught designer masturbating and they asked him several times to stop and then sent him to the back of the plane f- for his two friends to watch him. It was the friends being in the- That sounds kinky as hell. I'm just saying. No, because he sees in the... Well, it doesn't sit, no, let's be very clear because I want to make sure we're trying. I sit in first class and when people travel with me, they're either in premium economy or they're behind me in the other cabin. But so it makes sense that, you know, yeah, your friends are behind friends. you or whatever, unless they fly first class, there's a choice. But so I understand that, if you, you know, when you go to host a show or perform at a show, they'll do a one first class ticket and then the rest fly coach or, or premium economy or whatever. Now, they sent his friends back there for them. They sent him back there with his friends to watch him. Now, the FBI is also saying that there was a jar of Vaseline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. The FBI is saying that a jar of Vaseline dropped in the aisle, okay, um, as the rapper got up to switch seats. So they're saying that allegedly he was using Vaseline to beat his meat, which I will tell you is so old school. I haven't used Vaseline for masturbation since I was in my teens, since I was like 19 or maybe 20. But now, allegedly, designer is saying that it all happened because he didn't really get much cootie in Japan. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Hold on. I don't understand because you didn't get enough cootie and that he was brick hard when he got on the plane. Did he release these statements? This is what he told the FBI? Where's the public? Wait, is this what he told the FBI? Allegedly. There's no recording, but that's the oh, quote. Hold on. So allegedly. he allegedly said because he didn't get no cootie and because he was rock hard, brick hard, he had to use the Vaseline to be his meat in first class. Maybe the Vaseline was chapstick. We don't know if it was used for that. Well, the FBI is telling us what, oh. what happened. That he was they <laughs> that said the FBI is saying that he was allegedly aroused by the flight attendant and kind of showed her the magic stick, thinking it would give her encouragement. He also claimed. That he wasn't under the influence during the incident, but released this statement. This is what he said. No, no. What he said was, for the past few months, I've not been okay. And I have been struggling to come to terms with what is going on. While overseas for a concert I performed at, I had to be admitted into a hospital. I was not thinking clearly. They gave me meds and I had to hop on a plane home. I'm ashamed of my actions that happened on that plane. I landed back to the States and I'm admitting myself in a facility to help me. I will be canceling all of my shows and all my obligations until further notice. Mental health is real, guys. Please pray for me. If you're not feeling like yourself, Please masturbate. No, it says please get help. Um, as you should, as you should. Like that is insane. You're in first class. You're a flight attendant. You just got the job. You about to travel the world. You're trying to ask somebody if they want cranberry or orange, and they have a dick out. Like, That's how do you respond to that? Well, in all fairness, when you're in first class, you're typically in a seat by yourself. You are, but it's like your first center, like you're the center stage, like you're the first one to get served. So if your dick is out, they're gonna see it first. Well, I. I think he had some type of interaction with the flight attendants. He saw her. She, he got turned on. 
and he tried to like do well, what most listen, rappers do. Well, listen, listen. He could have went to the bathroom like all of us do. Like, why do you? I mean, I'm not the only person that's ever done anything sexual on a plane. I've done it in a bathroom. I'm sure I haven't had sex with nobody on a plane. No, no but I mean, I mean, have, have have guys masturbated on planes? Of course, but in a bathroom, you're in a bathroom with the door shut, locked. Yes, you can stay in there longer. People may think you're taking a shit, but who cares if it doesn't stink when you go outside? That's better than you pulling out your penis because you're asking the flight attendant for a bag of nuts. Wait, well, that would be me. Uh, but either way, like you didn't have to do that, designer. Uh, you've now been charged with indecent exposure, which you deserve. But uh, some people online are now saying that he's playing into mental health as a result of getting caught. And they're saying that you're claiming mental health as a strategy for finding some way of getting out of trouble. Well, you know, this country's implementing a new system where they're, they're recommending that we implement a new system to ban people from flying who do stuff like this on planes. I don't want to be sitting next to you in first class uh, while you're masturbating unless you come from the following countries. Brazil, Dominican <laughs> Republic, Port well, Puerto Rico's our country, you know, South America, South, no, South Africa. No, just don't do it. I just don't understand it. There, there's no mental health involved. You just were being a nasty nigga. Right, and you got caught, and now your publicist wrote a nice statement for you. But the thing about it is, a lot of these rappers feel like they're above the law. He went, he's like, I'm going to jack off and get this, you know, B word, where I'm a witch. I'm going to get her, because I'm going to jack off first class, because I paid all this money. But no, you about Can to you get Can you please stop making the gesture? Though, <laughs> I know. It's I can't you. help it. I can't help it. It's like, come second well, nature. and neither could he. And so, see Right, and that's saying? why he's in the predicament he's well, in. And now you're in one, because Marina's uncomfortable. I'm sorry, so, me no, too. no. <laughs> Rico is not uncomfortable. He's Dominican. But what? <laughs> First of all, what does that got to do with anything? Right. You know what I mean? I've been to DR. <laughs> they are not times. jacking off on the streets. And the plane. They not. Okay. They are not. I've been to DR. Go been, there. They are know, jacking off on the streets. They do. They do have a bathhouse that some of my friends have. Um, some of his friends, not me. What is going well, on? Well, you went to a bar. You say you went to a bar, but. All right, this is the way the story went, because he's trying to lie. No, I'm, I went I'm, to DR. No, we a, went to DR. Somebody told me to go to a bar. I walked in there. People were in there in towels. So I was like, what's the fuck is going on? And then so, you like, got I'm in, not like that at and all. Then you got, I, and then you got in the towel. No, I did not. I walked around. I was like, why is it dark in here? And then I went in there, and I said, oh, uh-uh. They're all in towels in here. I got out of there. You you definitely stayed. I did not. You say. told me to come. I did not. I told you I was I not coming. Did. It was all mad. Guys, he's making it up. If I was going to stay, I would tell you I'm going to stay. Because if it was at my interest, I would have stayed. But it wasn't of my interest, so the, I did the, not the stay. The shade is the shade is your friend set you up, told you to come by his. They job. set me up because they saw me with you. It's like, oh, we got you. Uh, uh 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 uh. Do not put that on me because they did not invite me, nor would I have come. Because at the time, I was too fat to be anywhere in just to tell. First of all, Jason, <laughs> you were way more confident as a fat man than you. You are right now. First of all, so don't I call don't me hear fat. That lie. Okay, well, either way, shout out to Dominican Republic. Y'all got some good chicken, but it wasn't the chicken I was choking. And beans and rice. That he was. All right, anyway. Um, lies. Designer, lies. you need to design a better PR strategy because this one was not enough. You were shaking mm -hmm. that snake on the plane. I'm saved and I'm on my way to well, heaven. allegedly, because you don't know what people really go through. You really don't. Rico, shut the fuck up. Thank we you, know. Rico. He was... All I know is Minneapolis to Tokyo is a long-ass flight, so his dick was probably out for a good... Long, a designer long doesn't give time. me no shade to you, designer, but I wouldn't want to see it. Like I, I don't see it for you. Now I will tell you, there's a couple celebrities who I would be on. A, if you was on a plane shaking the snake from um, Japan, I wouldn't complain about. Like who? Not gonna say. Next topic. All right, uh, we we need boxing bells at this point because the gloves are off. 
Uh, Quayla Ray and Lotto are into it. Now, the craziest part about females and hip hop today, this is no shade towards you two specifically. This is literally just to this generation. A lot of you aren't that talented and you're not gonna last that long. You're literally one hit away from getting a, a Reynolds rap award, right? Straight up nylon or fucking foil. I'm not saying this about these guys. I'm so tired of female rap rappers having so much beef these days. And, you know, I'm sorry to say this, Lotto, I love you. You know I do, regardless of what the internet is saying, because people are trying to make it seem like we don't like each other. Lotto, there's so much hate coming your direction right now. I don't know what's happening. You need a head of media, a strategist to help you. And since you want to pay me, that's something you could actually pay me to do. This is really uh, disappointing that now you are into it with, Lot with Coy LeRae. Now, I will say I'm going to take Lotto's side in the end on this, but I'm not going to tell you that until I get, oh, I just did, whatever. Here we go. Coy LeRae is no longer subbing Lotto. She's directing all her shots directly at her. Last week, Lotto name-dropped Coy LeRae in a new song, and Coy wasn't here for it. Now, in her song called Put It On The Floor, where Lotto raps, smoking on that gas, big blunt as Coyle Ray, bitches like to run their mouths, but I'm the type to run the fate. I don't rap, that's basically what she said. Now, Coy heard the lyrics and fired off a few tweets, this is what she said. Coy said, anybody that talk about my body wants my body like real bad, little miss pressure. These bitches wanna be like the nigga so bad. Y'all wanna have rap beef so bad. She also said, Lotto, bye. Here you go, talking about my body. Please do not come on here and talk about nobody body. Like, seriously. Out of all things, laughing my ass off. You're blunt my size, laughing my ass off. This shit is never ending. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Y'all don't be knowing the half of that shit that goes on on this shit. But the main goal is icon shit. If, I don't make, if, it, if it don't make me rich or better person, stay away. Is there more tweets? God. Maybe I overreacted. I don't know. At the end of the day, don't say my name for clicks and likes. Specifically, if we don't speak or communicate, I'm not a big blunt, small blunt. Don't compare me to nada. Mention bitches you actually beef with. Put it on the floor, but leave my name out the bullshit. Well, listen, Koi said a lot. Now, I will say, after having had a conversation with Koi, you know, on my last podcast, I told you that Koi LeRae called me after I had the interview over on Don't Call Me White Girl where I mentioned her not wanting to come on the Jason Lee show after I interviewed Blueface or Krishan, not knowing that she had beef with Krishan, because she was connected to Blueface. Well, either way, when she called me, the one thing that she did highlight that I said in the interview, when I said that I really do love her body and how she champions for smaller bodied women, I didn't know that that was offensive. And she did in the call make it clear that she was offended by that or she thought that that was shade. Let me be very clear. I don't body shame women, whether they're Lotto or they're Coilere. I think both are beautiful in their own right. I love how they both have confidence. Coilere is a beautiful girl. Her song, Girls Are Players Too, I love that energy that it creates. Everybody dance online. Coilere, I like her body and I love what she stands for. I love when she went to Fashion Week and she showed her body through all that net or lace outfits that she was wearing. Um, I thought she, I think she's a pretty girl. I also think Lotto, who's pulled up here, who is a thicker girl, is a beautiful, pretty, thick girl. Not both pretty because they're light-skinned, both pretty because they're both pretty. So I don't even understand this. Now, let's talk about Lotto. Lotto is a lyricist. She's one of the few female girls that actually knows how to fucking rap. We've seen it when she was on the reality show. We've seen her do freestyles where she threw my name in it. We've seen her rap, and her music is good. It's good. Um, but Lotto has beef with other girls, as Coyle Ray was saying. Her and Ice Spice are going at it on the low, subbing each other to death. Some would say every time Lotto has something to say about uh, uh, Ice Spice, Ice Spice plays a Nicki Minaj song. We all know that she just recently did a song with Nicki Minaj, which, by the way, is fire. 
um, you know, I Spice is eating the girls up. She's eating her up on TikTok. She's developed a really strong fan base. And Lotto really doesn't have to seem a, have an identity. Nobody really seems to be gravitating towards a Lotto fan base. I don't know what she calls those folks, whatever. But I also feel like there's a lot of jealousy that Lotto gets because she's always under fire by somebody. At the same time, Lotto buys into it and she feeds into it by responding and being negative instead of just moving forward. Now, Lotto never once engaged with Koi's tweets. Instead, she took her performance at Coachella as a means of piecing it up. And this is actually the, the what went down there. Smoking on that gas blunt, biggest caller right. Yeah. Bitches like to run their mouth, but I'm the type to run a face. Yeah. When your diamonds hit like this, you don't never see the shade. Yeah. Got the key to my city, they gave me a holiday. Big Lotto! Now, I thought that was classy. I thought it was classy. And that's why I think that Lotto, I said I was supporting Lotto at the end of this, mm -hmm. right? right? Yeah, I think that Lotto, I think that was classy, the way of doing it. Put it in the music, you know, or put it in a performance. The social media, she gets tired. Although, Lotto, you do play on social media a lot. You do respond a lot. You have a lot to say. And I'm, I'm sure you feel a lot of the pressure. This fame is coming at you really fast. It's probably overwhelming. Uh, but she sent love uh, to Koi, and uh, what'd you think? I was not, I don't see why Koi was offended by that. I guess just the name drop. I feel like Koi, because she gets a lot of slack, everyone thinks everyone's coming for her, but it was just a shout out. I don't know. I feel like it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. She probably didn't read the lyrics wrong, because at yeah. the beginning, I'm not gonna lie, me is who think Spanish, like, you know, Spanish is my first language. I will have to think it twice, like, you know. Listen to the lyrics and be like, all right, was she trying to be cool or she's trying to be nice? You know, because me. But like, for a person like her, I don't know. See, Lotto's never going to come for bodies because she, like, you know, had procedures and stuff like that. So I don't think her intent was ever malicious, but I think it, because when you got beef, you got beef. When somebody says something, you got beef with them, it's like everything is 10 times higher. So I don't think Mulatto would definitely come it's for not her. Mulatto anymore. She dropped that. Maybe they Lotto, came for her when Lotto, she was Mulatto. Mm -hmm. Lotto. I don't think Big Lotto would ever come for Corey Riley's body because of what she's done. Yeah, let's just be, be very clear. Lotto is not a mean-spirited person. Lotto is not a hater to me. I don't I don't see Lotto being mm -hmm. a hater. I don't see Lotto being messy. I see Lotto getting caught up in a lot of mess and being reactionary. I think both are very emotional people. I think Koi is very insecure. I think she has her own body insecurity issues that she's allowed social media to create that probably live in rent space in her head. So anytime anybody says anything, she's really sensitive to it because I saw that with myself and I knew I was actually honoring her, at least trying to in what I said. But I think there's an opportunity because I will say, unlike what she did with Lotto, she actually told me how she felt and it allowed me to see that it offended her. So now I'll be very clear anytime I talk about her, I reference her, I won't be talking about her body because I find her confidence in her body size beautiful. And I and I love the fact she that good. she is bringing up an issue that many people wouldn't even think about. Most mm -hmm. people wouldn't look at her and say, oh, she has an issue with her body. So so thank you, Coyle for putting that on people's minds because I do think you're using your platform uh, in a positive way. I also don't think her tweets were too negative. I think it was just pretty much saying, look, stop talking about my body. Let's stop making this a thing. The other thing I think people don't see is that when rappers and people in public places like even me say things, the fans get caught up in it. And if the fans start sending it to you so much that the fans drive a lot of the conflict and the fans drive the reaction that you saw. But I do want to say a lot of the way that you handled that was was classy uh, and I hope you guys talked offline because I know y'all big on the DMs and I want to know why so many of you hate Lotto. Like the blogs hate Lotto, Lotto. the YouTubers are hating Lotto, 
The rappers are coming after Lotto. Ice Spice don't care for Lotto. Nicki Minaj don't like Lotto, allegedly. I mean, like, there's just so much negativity coming at Lotto. Lotto, I don't know what you're doing to react to it all or to to, to digest it or somehow flip it, but there's strategies to win here, and I mm -hmm. hope that your team is helping you figure that out. All right, well, listen, Koi caught the shout-out at the show. Can I use the bathroom really quick? I No, you're not using my bathroom. And the show must go on. Koi caught the shout out and responded with love. This is what she said. It was the disc record with my name on it that confused me. Much love to Lotto. Appreciate the compliment. All three of us are happy for her. And we're absolutely not editing the fact Lee. that he literally ran out of here to go and pee. Sorry, Lee. I feel like Lee would clap too. Yeah, he would have. Let's yeah, clap Lee for Lee too. Okay. Well, listen, uh, moving right along, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian? Okay. <laughs> her double died. So you can't laugh. This is her double. Anyway, her double died. We're in the show, so we're. Still I remember going. when Andrew said you had a BBL. I know that this is actually a good time for you to walk in on the segment because we're talking about um, plastic surgery. You work out with me, Kim Cart, and I've definitely thought you had a BBL. And you let's work out move with along. Me. You had the procedure, Never. okay? That's because he won't one. Allegedly, he I don't. Um, nobody touches my butt, so I'm not worried nobody about that. Nobody touches mine. Don't you dare. Allegedly. Okay, anyway, Kim Kardashian double dies post-surgery. This person who looks like a Kim Kardashian, she wanted to look like Kim Kardashian dies. Anyway, two episodes ago, we spoke about a former Versace model who paid $600,000 to look like Kim Kardashian. Now we're back to talk about another woman who did the same thing, but now she's died. Now, last time we spoke about Jennifer Pampelona. She's a 24-year-old who underwent 40 procedures. Let me show you a picture of Jennifer. This is Jennifer. Remember, she said that she wasn't happy with becoming Kim and she spent all this money. And anyway, she spent like over $700,000. Well, anyway, she said that she was sad and didn't want to do that. She ended up dropping another $120,000 to revert back to what she looked like before. So in total, she spent seven hundred twenty dollars Now, since we spoke about Jennifer, another woman who had several procedures that looked like Kim Kardashian has gone viral. And sadly, it's because she died. The woman's name is Christina Ashton uh, Gorkani. Now, let me show you a picture of her. She's a 34-year-old OnlyFans model, um, and she was only 34 when she died of a heart attack. Now, this was following her last cosmetic procedure. It's so crazy. You went in to look like Kim Kardashian, had a procedure, and then died. Mm. Blood on the leaves. That's a song by Kanye. I, can't, I was making... Anyway. Christina's family confirmed that after a recent procedure this month, she was recovering in the hospital when she went into cardiac arrest and died. So they've set up a GoFundMe account, which we're not going to promote because we don't do that here at the show or at Hollywood Unlocked. But either way, um, she's dead. I don't know why y'all want to look like Kim Kardashian or any celebrity. Go look like you. Rihanna looks like Rihanna. I've had a procedure to lose weight, but that was because I wanted to be healthier, not because I wanted to look like Drake. I just happen to look better than him. Mm. Anyway, um, it's sad. Who's sad. who's to blame? Is Kim Kardashian to blame? Her titties are to blame. Her first titties gave her that heart first attack. First of all, you're supposed to get like 
before you get work done, you have to go get lab work done from a real doctor to let you know you're healthy enough, okay? Yeah, but a lab work's not going to do it and tell you an act of God yeah, is coming. but it'll tell you, like, yo, you got markers, like, you shouldn't get on this table. A lot of these people are just paying doctors and just going and getting crap done, and you're not healthy enough. And then, like, that lady looked like she got a... She actually looks close to Kim. I can't lie. Mm -hmm. Put the but picture she looks like she had up. a lot of work done. She looked real close to Put Kim. Put the picture back up. But Closer then... than the other lady. Close. Nah, nah. nah. Not here, now, here, here's the deal. Y'all ladies so, need to stop going into these doctors with pictures of Kim made up, saying I want to look like that, because Kim not made up is more beautiful than when she is made up. Mm -hmm. I've told you this before. I've seen Kim without makeup a few times. Kim is beautiful. Oh, mm -hmm. side note, it just reminded me of the time I saw Kim with the same outfit on. Remember I told you I went to All Star, she had the one jacket on, and right. then I went to Sunday service, she had the same jacket on. So Kim showed us that we're human. And that's the problem. That's the Kim that y'all don't see. She's human. She washed her clothes like I well, she don't, but she you know, she rewears her clothes like I do. She doesn't wear makeup and get dressed up every day like uh, what? You don't wash your season. You don't wear clothes. I didn't say I wash well, I don't wash my clothes, but I rewear my clothes. You don't. I haven't re I haven't worn this before. That's but cute. You don't rewear clothes because she's like, I had this on already, I'm throwing it away. Or something no, like that. That's not true. Anyway. Um, you just reminded me you're too at my house way too much. Uh, I be trying to go home, no, but not I, until the chef's done cooking. Not 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 a second before and not a second after. That's why his greedy ass came to my house and ate the shrimp, and he's allergic to uh, shellfish. Because he tried to kill me. Eye. Well, didn't do my job well enough, did I? Either way, I speaking that. of death, this woman is dead, and so is this topic. Move on. And now it's time for my favorite part of the show: thoughts and prayers. We often hear that politics run everything from friendships to family affairs. And in Phil Jackson's case, politics ruined the NBA. While politics does have a way of seeping into our daily lives, black lives matter too. And black lives matter taking over sports shouldn't be viewed as a negative. After all, the bank accounts of the white owners didn't show any negatives when the black players were told to shut up and dribble. Because as long as the black boys show up and do as you say... And put on a good show, you can sit back in your balcony boxes laughing all the way to the bank. But Phil's actions aren't surprising to me. Because just like Donald Trump's reaction to Don Lemon's CNN termination, after 17 years, they dropped Don like a hotcake. CNN got rid of the first and only black cable news anchor in prime time. And according to Trump, it happened later than it should have. See, this is the type of politics that should be censored. Trump ruined politics. Hell, he ruined America, and some of y'all would let him do it again. But I'm here to let you know and to tell you that he doesn't deserve any more chances. Lock him up! Y'all didn't even give Jonathan Majors a chance to prove his innocence before trying to drop lock him up. That's why his ex-white girlfriend is out there on video partying like a rock star, like she didn't just claim that she got beat up. And Phil Jackson wonders why Black Lives Matter took over sports in the rest of America. Bye, wig. Another thing I'm confused about is why designer try to use his designer first-class seat to express his sexuality. I mean, this isn't to make light of the situation or in any way the crisis surrounding mental health, but it just goes to show that we may have more pressing issues to deal with in America besides complaining about racial injustice slogans, slogans painted on the basketball courts. If y'all just learn from these problems and listen to the objectives from these movements, you can take accountability, course correct, and then move forward like Coyle Ray and Lotto did. Who would have ever thought that we look to two rappers to teach us how to take accountability and make amends? Then again, hip hop has always expressed political and social themes. Perhaps it's time to listen and make a move, America. But until y'all swallow, 
your pride and take full responsibility. We'll still be right here rooting for everybody black. That's a wrap. This is the show. Jesus, I got through that. Amen. Good good. Good good. Good good. And the flowers. I don't know what Rico learned in Buffalo, but this nigga then came back with too much different type of energy. It's getting on my fucking nerves. You're doing good. Oh. That's it. Oh my. Never know when you're going to get your flowers, people. Never know. Make sure you're giving your flowers to your friends. That's it for this episode of the Jason Lee Podcast. Until then, make sure to keep up with us on all social media. You can follow me over at Hollywood Unlocked or at the Jason Lee Show or on my own personal Instagram. And make sure that you stay tuned in because baby, 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 my next guest on the Jason Lee Show over at Revolt is my network mate, Young Miami. Yes, yes, yes. I need to, where is that? I need to, Young Miami. Okay, so make sure you check it out. Now look, here's a teaser clip of this very, very educational, but yet messy interview. When G Herbo hit you back with that question and asked you about the baby, did you gag? <laughs> I did. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, one motherfucking minute. I did. It was cute. Okay, for those of you that have been living in Iraq, Diddy's with Young Miami, but they're open. But he had a baby. But the gag was, you already knew about it. Mm-hmm. And the gag was, I knew you knew about it. Well, how you knew? Because y'all were all on vacation together. <laughs> you know what? I mean, you know, Hollywood Unlocked is St. Thomas Unlocked, St. Barthes Unlocked. That's why, I like, that's why I really think that social media is Shamani business. Because <laughs> right. they just, they really create narratives and they like. And run with it. Real, like, they run with it so far that it, they like fucking build a whole other community. <laughs> I'd be like, oh shit, like. But this is how you know Carisha's solid. And what I love about it was when they were creating that narrative, you weren't being sloppy out there trying to figure, like, fix it for nobody. Yeah, no, nah, I ain't doing that. I ain't clearing up nothing. It is, like, whatever you think is what you think, because I know the real. Well, I know the real too, because I had over an hour with her, and you're going to know the real next Tuesday. Make sure you check it out. But it also streams on Monday for those of you that want to hear it early everywhere that podcast streams. Where this podcast streams, make sure that you're streaming, streaming, streaming our show, sharing it. We're also now over at SoundCloud and everywhere podcasts are streamed. And don't forget, we got merch dropping May 8th. So you can go over to HollywoodUnlocked.com slash shop. They got the jackets right here. And I'm going to show you what else we got. Take a look. Gag Nation line is finally here. So you know when somebody tells me that I can't do something, what am I gonna do? I'm going to do it. So I didn't just build my own show, The Jason Lee Show, I built my own merch line too, why? Because the Gag Nation, all of you, you're my family. And everything's fire, trust me. We got sneakers, robes, hoodies, slides, mugs, and a smoker's bundle with trays and grinders for all y'all that do all of that. It's a limited time drop. It's only here one time, so once it's sold out, you're never gonna get it again. So head over right now to the website, hollywoodunlock.com shop to secure your spot right now. Shout out to all my friends who model. Shout out to Sean, aka Super Nerd, for design. Shout out to Rob, whoever saw it. Shout out to Sky and Takara for modeling in that as well. 
You go and check it out now. Once it's sold out, it's gone. Unless I make a lot of money and decide to order more. You know, it's never really gone. By the way, y'all do realize every time they say it's going to sell out, they literally keep more for y'all to buy. But anyway, once this is done, it's gone. Like, it's gone. Anyway, you also ask how you can t- stay in touch with me. Make sure you do that by texting me right now. 310-388-6463. That's how you can text me and stay in touch. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing to our podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our email alerts by going to HollywoodUnlocked.com and setting up for the newsletter that comes out every day. And I got another two shows coming. Three shows. Actually... Three, because there's the radio show, there's the reality show, and then there's the after dark show. We're building over here. Until then, I just got tired of thinking about it all. Bye. Network vibes. The Jason Lee Podcast.